Hello and welcome to another edition of the Raw Podcast. I'm your host, James Copley, and I'm joined again by Phil Smith from Portugal, who I believe is a little bit under the weather, which is unfortunate when you're on your uh, when you're on your jollies, Phil. But I believe you took part, or not took part. I believe you were at some um, open training yesterday as Alex Neal's squad were put through the paces. How did you find that? It appears we have lost Phil Smith. Just give me a second. Is he back? I'm back. Sorry about that. My Wi-Fi cut out at a quite amazing moment now. It's been fine all morning. And then within 20 seconds of coming on the live stream, we cut out. I think we're okay now, though. Absolute heart attack um, material for me, though. Yes, so pre-season training. You were at the open training session. Phil, how was that? Yeah, it was really, really good. I think um, it was a really good turnout. Um, I think the people who were there seemed to really enjoy it. Um, you know, the session itself, someone had obviously had a kind of a quite intense session earlier in the day, so it was a lot of sort of possession-based drills, um, a lot of sort of team challenges and what have you. Um, so, yeah, it was really good and sort of really nice at the end. The players came over for a big group photo, which I'm sure people have seen on Twitter and um, the fans all went through you know, their repertoire of songs and I think the players really appreciated it to be honest it was a really really nice vibe and everyone just sort of mingled on the pitch so you know, we, we chatted a bit about it yesterday but it's really nice that kind of like post-Covid um, we can see these things sort of coming back again um, and yeah it just feels like there's a bit of, bit of unity about the place really partially because it's such a similar group to the one who won at Wembley um, so I think there's already kind of a bond there if you like um, and just you know, fingers crossed, someone can start the season well, and, and you know this momentum can just keep going. Were there many standout moments in training? I'm just thinking, obviously Jack Clark coming coming back into the squad. Um, reading your tour diary, which you can have a look at on the Sunday Echo, there seemed to be some controversy over the teams that were winning and perceived favoritism by Alex Neil to to one particular team. Talk us through that. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, very competitive. Uh, possession-based challenges. Alex Neal, of course, is the adjudicator. Um, I did feel like Team Red um, was getting the the bulk of the generous calls from him. So Team Red was Roberts, Lyndon Gooch, Bailey Wright, Jack Diamond, um, and a couple of others, Corey Evans. So I think we might know who Alex Neal's favourites are. That's very much his leadership group. And I think he was uh, looking after himself with a few generous calls. But um, yeah, I think having Patrick Roberts on your team in the dribbling challenge definitely helps. I think that's fair to say. He would certainly be my first pick. Yes, I can, uh, I can well imagine. And uh, in terms of goal to keep, goalkeepers, Phil, there was um, Adam Richardson as well. First sort of look at him, what were your first impressions? Obviously training alongside Jacob Carney and Anthony Patterson, a young goalkeeper, it must be said. Yeah, a really young goalkeeper. And obviously it's one of those where circumstances have been really good for him in terms of, you know, there was that gap to be the third goalkeeper. Um Still a really young player, still hasn't played a huge amount of under-23s football, but people will obviously know his name because he, you know, he turned down some fairly significant Premier League interest a couple of years back to sign his first pro. I think Phil Smith may have disappeared again. He's I'm, back. I'm back again. Back a couple of days. Resume. Where was I? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think obviously, you know, it, we're not talking about someone who I think is going to be sort of competing for first team football this season. The, wi- the Wi-Fi in Portugal must be bad at the moment. 
fine. Yeah, I can. I've got you now. It's yeah, been it's been all right all week actually, but maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's tiring as we edge towards the end. Carry on podcasting. Yeah, no, I think Adam. Carry on podcasting. Yeah, I think obviously the, th- the thing about Adam Richardson is his reflexes are good, and he is an incredibly tall man as well, which always helps for a young goalkeeper. So it's n- it's nice to see him getting that opportunity. Like I say, he's, he's very much someone who I think will be looking to push into the under twenty threes this year and hopefully play a bit more there. Um, but yeah, always always a good opportunity when these sort of pre season two comes around and, and the youngsters get those opportunities. Yeah, it's always good when um when your goalkeeper's tall Phil. There's been a, a, a transfer breakthrough uh, today in the championship. Jack Rodoni, uh, Sunderland target setter medical at Huddersfield. Uh, he was one of Sunderland's top targets, Phil, as we understand it. So a little bit of a blow um for the Black Cats, but it is a transfer window. These things do happen. Sunderland won't secure all of the targets, but a shame, really, because a player that I think had impressed when Sunderland had played AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, I think he was one of those targets who Sunderland had kind of been watching for quite a long time. He obviously perfectly fits the bill in terms of someone who they feel like is a talented player, but also, um, you know, hasn't. I'm just, I'm just laughing at that comment. Um, <laughs> the, the Wi-Fi generally has been much better here than in the stadium, but um, this morning it seems I can't catch a break. But um, sorry, what was I talking about? You talked about Jack Rodoni. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. right. We've gone, we've gone. <laughs> I'm struggling this morning. No, I think obviously it, Sunderland's obviously uh, the track players who statistically perform well. They scout players, and Rodoni's a young player, very versatile, can play in a lot of positions. Um, a really creative player but I think it's sort of one where I'm disappointed because I really like him as a player and I thought he was excellent at Plough Lane earlier in the season but realistically if we're looking at the squad right now he's a creative centre midfielder or someone who kind of plays off either flank mm. and if I'm looking at the Sunderland squad right now that's not the position that's worrying me so I just wonder you know we know that Sunderland have probably already spent three million or maybe even more than that this summer um, so I just wonder whether you know credit Huddersfield have obviously gone in, they've, they've met the fee, which will be around one million pounds. And I wonder if ultimately at the end of the day it's just one of those out to play that someone liked a lot and would have loved to have signed. Um, and so it is disappointing. But you look at it and you think, was that the priority for someone right now? Um, I'm inclined to think. I'm not saying they didn't want to sign him because they clearly did. But I think there's other positions right now that where someone you feel like they need to make more progress. Indeed. Phil, talk us through the, the Jack Clark deal again, because this issue surrounding money has cropped up with Sunderland, triggered by Sky Sports News, who had on um, their kicker uh, during the day that Sunderland had bought Jack Clark for £10 million, um, which has caused some sort of, well, it's 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 a talking point among Sunderland fans, and, and now a lot of Sunderland fans, ones I've talked to, friends of mine have said, well, oh, look, we're spending money, we're spending big money on players, but it's not 10 million. It might rise to 10 million if a myriad of clauses are, are met and he, he wins the Ballon d'Or or something like that. But it's definitely not 10 million at the moment, is it? It's, it's not 10 million. It's not 10 million. Um, Sunderland are not paying 10 million for anyone this summer. Um, and I don't mean that as a slight because they are, you know, they are investing in probably more than I'd anticipated already. I think Clark had one year left on his deal, which, and he wanted to come back to Sunderland really wanted to come back to Sunderland so that forced Tottenham to the negotiating table because yes they could have put their foot down and said you know 
we don't want to lose you for a fraction fee when we paid 10 million off whatever but then they could have lost them entirely next summer so it made sense for them to negotiate Sunderland were never going to pay 10 million what Spurs paid up front it just was never going to happen so what you've got is a really sensible compromise where Sunderland invests some money and they have invested some money up front but not a huge amount and Spurs are protected because if Clark goes on to realise his potential at Sunderland it'll trigger a number of performance rated add-ons I'm convinced there'll be a sell-on fee there as well, so that if Clark does suddenly, um, you know, really kick on and realise his potential, and someone sell him on, Spurs will see some of that money. So, if everything went the way everyone hopes it will, yes, someone will have ended up spending a pretty significant, and I'm sure a multi-million amount on Jack Clark, but that's that's not happened at the moment. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd be surprised if someone spent 10 million in total up front this summer. Um, they've certainly not done it on one player. And again, sticking on on Jack Clark when he when he was announced at the club, and the club posted that little video of him um, re-meeting his teammates. He looked really, really relieved to be back. Uh, and from the outside looking in, Phil, from the club social media, things people have been saying, and, and journalists abroad covering Sun's pre-season training in Portugal, and the videos that have emerged, it really looks like Alex Neal's fostered a a real good group and a real team environment that players want to be part of. And I think you probably confirm this, but that's why we're seeing the likes of, of Robert and Clark coming back as well as, you know, everything else has got to be right. The money and, and the ambition of the club as well. Yeah. I think that obviously when you have success like that, at Wembley, it does build pretty t- close bonds between players and staff. And we're definitely seeing that at the moment. Um, and I think that to be fair, you've got to give a lot of credit to sort of the club hierarchy because Obviously, they set the stall out early to say we want to show players, young players, that if you come here, we'll give you an environment where we'll give you a chance to succeed and you'll get a chance to play. And by and large, they've really stuck to that. Um, and you know, pe- people like Clark and Roberts, who early on, they weren't quite match fit, they weren't getting a lot of opportunities under Alex Neil, and we maybe thought, mm, is this going to work? Um, but they stuck to their guns, and by the end of the campaign, they were obviously getting a lot of football. And obviously the thing about this is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? The more players like Jack Clark who come and get an opportunity and succeed, the more you then strengthen that impression you have to other players in the game that maybe I can go and do something similar. So, yeah, it's really exciting. Indeed, and he's emerging this morning as well, Phil, that Sunderland have um, sold 30,000 season tickets as of 10.45 today, which is a, a monumental achievement. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing, isn't it? It's so exciting. I think, obviously, nobody's getting carried away yet because there's so much that needs to be sorted before the start of the season. We need at least another striker. We need another goalkeeper. Um, probably another fullback. So there's so much to be done, but I just think it just goes to show you know, the incredible loyalty and also the excitement. And I'm just looking forward to the season starting now. Um, you know, I, Nobody's getting carried away about what may or may not be achieved this season, but, you know, it if we can keep that feel-good factor going and that momentum going, then it's going to be a fun season, even if it's not a 100-point season or anything like that. Absolutely. What do you think expectations should be or, or are at the club at the moment, Phil? I think just, to, honestly, I just think to consolidate and to keep that feel-good factor going. You know, I, I don't think it's about saying, oh, if we finish in this position, it's a success and if we, if we don't, then it's a failure. I think first and foremost, it's just about one staying. Oh, Portugal Wi Fi strikes Don't again. I feel like we should fear. Oh, he's back. Strikes again. Oh, he's back. I'm back. 
He's got panic. <laughs> We're past that now. No, I, I, I don't think I, I don't I don't think we should be you know sort of em, embarrassed to say that staying up's a success this year. But obviously, I hope that something can kick on into sort of mid table up the mid table. I think you just want to see the style of play improving still. I think you want to see the young players developing, and I think you want to see signs that this is you know something getting grips to the getting to grips with the division. I think that's all it's about. You know, I think it's everyone knows it's going to be a long journey through the championship. It's not going to be something that happens overnight. So you just want to see more evidence of the right things happening and that the club's moving in the right direction. Um, so I'm not too hung up on what position they finish in and whether it's a success or a failure. I just want to see the right things happening and, and believe that over time that will bring you success. Absolutely. Well, Phil, I would love to uh, sit and chat to you all day, but the Wi-Fi is a disaster. So I think we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Uh, we will be bringing you full coverage of the uh, AS Roma game. Um tomorrow so check into the the Sunderland Echo website for that and thank you once again for listening